Welcome to another podcast from BNP Paribas Wealth Management. I'm Edmund Shing, Chief Investment Officer. Today, we are going to ask the question, does money make people happy? Well, according to the Beatles, we know that money can't buy me love, but can it buy happiness? Bhutan, a small landlocked country in South Asia, is famous for its strategy of focusing on its philosophy of promoting gross national happiness instead of gross domestic product and focusing on productivity rather than the standard economic goal of growing gross domestic product, which is a measure of overall economic activity. In the case of Bhutan, this strategy seems to pay dividends over time, with 7.5% annual growth in GDP since the early 1980s and a reduction in poverty levels from 36% in 2007 to just 10% in 2019. So, in five questions and answers, I'm going to look at the link or not between money and happiness. First question, how can we define happiness and can we really measure happiness? Happiness is a difficult emotion to define exactly. First of all, I would classify happiness and joy more as temporary emotional states when we experience considerable pleasure, usually triggered by specific events in time. We as human beings are largely programmed to have a baseline average mood to which any temporary state of happiness will return to over time. So perhaps a better term to focus on over an extended period of time is contentment, or so-called life satisfaction, which is a more long-lasting description of our steady state of being. So, how does one measure contentment then? The standard measure is via surveys, simply asking people. For instance, the World Happiness Report, based on the Gallup World Poll, according to this poll, this self-reported life satisfaction is reported by people via reference to a specific question, and it's this one. Please imagine a ladder with steps numbered from 0 at the bottom to 10 at the top. The top of the ladder represents the best possible life for you, and the bottom of the ladder represents the worst possible life for you. On which step of the ladder would you say you personally feel you stand at this time? Question 2. Which countries have the highest average reported life satisfaction scores? The top three ranking countries in the World Happiness Report are all high-income Scandinavian nations, namely Finland, Denmark and Iceland. In this ranking, they are then followed by Israel and the Netherlands, and then there are two more Scandinavian countries that appear next, Sweden and Norway. The world's poorest countries, often riven by conflict, tend to appear at the bottom of this country ranking, names such as Afghanistan, Sierra Leone and Zimbabwe. So, from a cursory examination of this country ranking, there would seem to be a clear link between average national income per person on the one hand and life satisfaction score on the other. Question 3. So are wealthier people happier than those who are less well-off? Remember that we are talking about averages over millions of people in these studies. So while there may be a correlation between wealth and contentment, it's clearly not going to be a straight line. And it's going to vary for individual specific people, of course. Many academic studies have looked into the link between wealth or income on the one hand 
and happiness or contentment on the other. There are some conflicting conclusions in the various studies, but looking at one of the latest studies, a 2021 study done by Matthew Killingsworth at the University of Pennsylvania, who surveyed over 33,000 people, larger incomes were robustly associated with more positive feelings in day-to-day -day moments, as well as life satisfaction. This finding held true even in incomes above $75,000 a year, which went against earlier research, which had suggested that improvement in happiness was capped at incomes above $75,000 a year. Question four. Why would greater wealth or income make us happier? Well, according to psychiatrist Jeffrey Ditzel, the correlation might be explained that wealth up to a point allows one to meet the basic needs of survival. It is hard to experience happiness with consistency if one's family is starving, in danger of losing their home, or unable to obtain medical care when needed. The so-called Maslow basic needs. A certain amount of wealth establishes consistency of access, and this can allay fear. So, financial security can also offer someone a higher degree of stability and control over their lives. The study found that people's sense of control over their lives accounted for a whopping 74% of the connection between income on the one hand and experienced well-being on the other. Question 5. Do you have to earn a lot to be happy? I don't feel that low-income people are bound to be less happy, but rather that they may simply have greater levels of uncertainty or stress in their daily lives. And achieving high levels of wealth definitely does not guarantee that you'll be any happier. Ultimately, the search for happiness is often found beyond ourselves. Happiness can be cultivated by improving the life of others, for instance. When we think of another's happiness above our own and regard them with empathy and compassion, we derive fulfilment in our shared human connection. So it comes down to having a deep understanding of what you want to achieve in life and going after it with a sense of purpose. Again, according to Dr. Ditzel, happiness is best achieved by perpetual pursuit of the things that you really, truly wish to create in your world, such as an increasingly passionate romantic relationship, a loving relationship with your children, and friendships that you trust and value. So, coming back to the starting point, money is clearly not everything, and I don't think money can buy you happiness, but it can help to a certain extent in achieving your goals, in achieving contentment and self-fulfillment. And I think those are the ultimate drivers of contentment and happiness over the long term. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast from BNP Paribas Wealth Management. Please like, share and subscribe to this series of podcasts. Please look for other content from BNP Paribas Wealth Management in investment strategy and themes by searching on the web for BNP Paribas Voice of Wealth. Thank you very much and talk to you again soon. Goodbye. <laughs>